JT and Looney podcast is powered by Bet Online. Back and better than ever, a new web interface. All the best props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online remains your number one spot in the universe for all the basketball and football action this season. Head to the new, improved, updated desktop or mobile website. Sign up today and get your 50% welcome bonus just for being friends with JT and Looney. That's a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use the promo code BELIEVE. That's the Believe Podcast Network. Our proud, proud partner. I don't know if they're proud, but that's our partner. B-L-E-A-V 50. That's the promo code. B-L-E-A-V 50. And get your signing bonus. Or your... Your welcome bonus from basketball, football, NHL, boxing, UFC, your favorite Vegas casino games. Take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021-2022 seasons at Bet Online, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. Bet Online, where the game starts, and now the podcast starts. <laughs> I have no idea what episode it is, but I think we're in the hundreds. Yes, I believe it's 110. It's 110. I was, I was using radio station jingles for a while to identify, you know, as we uh, as we got it. But there's no such thing as F, you know, Rock 110. So I'll have to start uh, with uh, some new uh, fancy maneuver. There is the 110 freeway, right, in Los Angeles? Yes. Oh, yes. I could use it as a sign, at least visually. Yes, the 110 freeway is one. the oldest freeway in America. At least the northern part of the 110 is the Pasadena freeway. Freeway. I live off of the Pasadena Freeway, and it is treacherous because when they made that freeway, cars didn't really go more than 25 miles an hour. So the exits are these hairpin exits, which wasn't precarious or dangerous when dangerous when cars went 25 miles an hour. So when you've got to slow down to five or 10 miles an hour to make the hairpin oh, turn exit. No, yeah, the car going 70, sometimes who's looking down at his phone behind you can uh, smack you in the back so it can uh, it's a pretty precarious dangerous freeway what is the best and worst freeway in your life what's the one that you look forward to getting on because i'm fascinated whenever i talk, i lived in la for 10 years in what the a Valley, great question yeah. still to this day when i'm talking to our buddy dave or someone and they're like i live in long beach or i live in san pedro i live in santa monica and i ask how far does it take to get to blank and I'm always fascinated because, you know, I don't like to go anywhere. I like to live in my home. Right. Yeah, you're a nester. Uber. You're a nester. I like to take 20 minute Ubers to go drink and take right. them 20 <laughs> minutes back. And I'm always fascinated when there was no COVID. Everybody hated living and getting on these freeways. And then the freeways were wide open during COVID when people couldn't work. And now yeah. they're packed again. Is there a freeway you dislike or love more than the other? It's a, and yes, and interesting you should mention that part of it. I, I, I had to go to a gym in Monrovia that was outdoors. It was this, this closest gym that was outdoors during the pandemic. Yeah, this is called white people problems here. And and so, uh, but I, I would never normally do that because the drive would be obnoxious. But instead of a 40 minute drive during the pandemic, it was about an 18 minute drive. So it was easy. And so that was one of the, uh, that was one of the effects of the pandemic, which was the freeways, you could actually use them in a way that they were intended to be used to get to way over on the other side of town in 20 minutes. There's no such thing anymore. Freeways that I love and freeways that I don't. Well, in terms of in the macro sense, the United States of America, I love the 80 freeway, Interstate 80, which goes all across the country. 
mm-hmm. and you could hop on the it could hop on Interstate 80 at the George Washington Bridge and drive to San Francisco without ever, you know, if you had a car that, uh, you know, if you had a car that could, or an electric car, or, well, anyway, you can drive from, the, people who say government can't do anything right have never been in our amazing, majestic freeways, which drive all across the country. Right. The 10 freeway uh, goes from Santa Monica, California, to St. Augustine, Florida, all the way across the country with no red light. It's amazing, the interstates. And there's a, there's a lot of them that are like that all across the country. And the drive through Colorado on the 80, you know, you're going through Kansas and Colorado and Iowa and the, and the cornfields in Nebraska, the tents in the, the central Pennsylvania. If you drive across Pennsylvania between Philadelphia and Pittsburgh, it's such a, an Edward Hopper Americana a trip through America. So that's one of my favorites in terms of the larger sense. I know you're talking Southern California, but I yeah, love- I grew up in I grew up in New York where we had the 495, which was the Long Island Expressway, uh-huh. or commonly known as the LIE. We had the Cross Island Expressway, the Northern State. And it all sucked. And it's yeah. <laughs> and, and I go home and I can't believe how bad it is still. It's yeah. New York. Well, that, by the way, that's why. Wall Street and fa- finance yeah. and they can't figure it out. And then well, there's too you know, many we, people on it. Yeah, too many people on it. And then we could talk about, you know, the Southern State Parkway and other you know, parkways that I grew up in. It's just, it's just a pain in the ass. Yeah. It's the number it one, never it's, gets better. Number one downside of living in Los Angeles is the traffic. And I, as I always say, uh, you know, you're not stuck in traffic. You are traffic. Uh, that the traffic isn't the problem. You are, you're making it worse. So don't always think of it as, uh, as, as someone else's problem. It's yours. You're there too. That's why I love Vegas, because, you know, I live, we don't live on the strip in Vegas. We don't live in casinos. Right. <laughs> we tend to live in them on the weekends from time to time and look for an Uber on the way out. But we have the 215 and the 15, and the 15's full of trucks and trucks and big rigs. And then I live on the 215, and it's smooth, and it's a beltway that goes around all around Vegas, which is great. I had to get up this morning and drive from my home in Summerlin to Deep Henderson to the Raiders facility to get COVID tested knock on wood. And I did that. And there wasn't a car in front of me. There wasn't a car in front of me at nine in the morning. It was just beautiful to be on a road, a new road. That's the other last thing on this is that we have new roads out here that don't have something called potholes where in New York, the potholes, they just can't keep up with them. They can't fill them. Well, because of the snow and the salt and the wind and the rain and the wind and the muck and the mire. Yeah. And so at least I turned your question about misery in big cities with our interstates to the beauty of the amber waves of grain driving across the United States. But I will tell you this, it's an amazing system. The interstate system, when people say can't say uh, when people say government can't get anything right, uh, this is one of those uh, throwout statistics where, yeah, they can when it came to building the interstates. And like your 215 there, that's uh, anytime a, uh, an interstate has three digits, there's a rule, rhyme, and a reason. That usually is a, an interstate that goes around, and mm-hmm. it's usually connected to the, did you say it's connected to the 15? Correct. Yeah, and so like the 405 goes around downtown L.A., it's connected to the 5. That's miserable here. And uh, and the odd numbers go north and south. The even numbers go east and west. There's a rule, rhyme, and a reason to our interstates, and they are amazing when you're not in a big city. And la- you know, it's just amazing that Los Angeles could be so great and so beautiful and have so much misery with the roads. I know. It's I know. Just, yeah, it, yeah. 
And well, you, you know, they, they, tunnels they, they, and bridges, and you don't have to deal with that in L.A. You don't have bridges right. of a few, but you don't have yeah. bridges like you do in San Francisco right. and New York and Chicago. Bridges but that are necessary to get in. Yeah. yeah. You just have yeah. too many people on the road. That's and everybody can't get out of their car and no one can break break that habit of getting out of their car and ever taking mass transit at a level where it'll work because and, and another thing is too, cars. and it's hard to build them effectively because the interstate system in LA that they had set up was brilliant, but the not, not in my backyard system, people like the freeways unless it means that it's going to go through your backyard. So there were a lot of people that uh, said, no, you know, there's no freeways in Beverly Hills. Oh, we're not shutting down my uh, vineyard like Gavin Newsom. We, right. we shut yes. down the other ones, but we're not shutting down yes. my vineyard. Exactly. No. And that's how human beings operate a lot of times. They like the idea of freeways if it means you're going to knock down your house to build one, but not if you're going to knock down mine. Well, if you've been listening to 100 of these podcasts or this is your first one, we thank you for joining us again. We give a COVID update because it's important. As of yesterday, uh, which was December 7th, a date which will live in infamy. 80-year anniversary of Pearl Harbor for the surviving veterans who are still alive. I think there's 35 incredible. of them. The incredible. number was incredible. As we record this on December 8th, on December 7th, 1,150 people died of COVID. Let me give you that number again. Wow. 1,150 people died of COVID, mostly from the Delta variant, even though the Omicron variant is in the news, which seems to be more transmissible, but it's early, very early to tell, potentially less deadly, but we don't come up with opinions. We like to talk about facts as close as we can. Uh, so that 1,150 that died yesterday, that's 57% more than a week ago. And 200 children were hospitalized. So it's getting more serious. Don't listen to the assholes who go on Twitter with the blue check mark and say, oh, this isn't a big deal. Look at Michigan. They won. There was 100,000 people on the field. No one died. No, no, no. It's never been worse in regards to the numbers going up again. And a year ago when we were doing this podcast, Tom, in December, the whole country was shut down. Yep. Literally, they wouldn't let you go into a restaurant. They had to build these. No Christmas shopping. Restaurants, no Christmas shopping and everything. So it it really goes to show you the fatigue that this country has. I believe it should stay open. It needs to stay open. People have the choice and should all be vaccinated by now, even though they're not. But those are the current numbers as we speak. And I think they're pretty alarming. Yes, they are. Because, again, that is the number that you just mentioned. That's um, it takes about two and a half days to get to 9-11. And you remember how 9-11 affected yeah. us. And uh, and because it's so quiet. And because um, I guess most of the time it seems to be others, you know, people people tend to wake up when it affects them. And so uh, I guess fortunately in a lot of situations, there's a lot of people it hasn't affected them. But it's it's hard now to get as far, you know, March 2020 till today to get where COVID hasn't affected you personally. It's It's hard to make that reach right now, isn't it? So once I think with conspiracy theory, people, when you're making stuff up, once COVID affects you, you just you can keep making stuff up. That's the problem with conspiracy theories is you can just you can keep going because there's an answer because none of what your theory is based in fact anyway. But that comment aside, 
I think one of the reasons Omicron hopefully is having a tough time is because of all the vaccinated people. I'm hoping and not speaking with facts, speaking with hope that that Omicron won't be as deadly because so many of us have gotten jabbed and hopefully we can continue. I had to get a COVID test the other day and I got in the wrong line and um, originally and it was a line for people who were going to get a COVID shot. Uh, vaccine and i was i was even stunned that the line was that long uh I'm like what is taking you so long and at my in no, on november 1st at my gym they started asking for your covid passport and it's amazing first of all the people that didn't know that that was coming up in los angeles the people who are just living in the clouds who had no idea that that was coming who were outraged when they got to the gym and number two how much room I had, <sighs> how much breathing room I had in the gym. I couldn't believe all these people that I really like weren't weren't vaccinated. So um, I, I doesn't anybody have a grandmother? How often have I been saying that in the past 18 months on this podcast? Doesn't anybody have an old person in their life that they'd like to protect or an old neighbor? It's not about you. Well, the new concern I have here is not about getting sick if you're vaccinated, you can, but you protect yourself more. You protect other people, but I'm not, I'm, I'm fatigued to go down that road. Yeah. Okay. I'm concerned about travel. So I know a couple of people in my life, a couple of neighbors and friends that have just canceled global trips again, because if you look at three or four months ago, as the economy was opening and travel, people said, you know, I think I'll go to Paris. I think I'll go to London. I think yep. I'll go to the Bahamas. You're talking to one of those guys. Yeah. yeah. And everybody's doing that. Well, what's going to happen now is we found out this week that you'll, even if vaccinated, you'll need to have a COVID negative test before you get on the flight. Yep. And then you return, you need it. And what that's called is a pain in the ass. Because you're, already <laughs> vaccinated. you're already vaccinated and it's going to cost money and it's going to take time to get your COVID test before you get on the flight. It's got to be 24 or 48 hours before. Correct me if I'm wrong. But then you go on vacation. And the last thing you want to do on vacation, I did this when I went to Mexico recently, which was a scam. They just took, you know, empty hotel room. And it was part, luckily it was part of our fee with the hotel, but they'll charge you 20 bucks and give you just a check mark that you pass. They don't care. And then you got to get tested again and go back. And then God forbid, if you fail that test or you get COVID on the road and you're with the family of four, and you get quarantined and you got to stay back and your wife can't go with your kids. So what it is, it's an overall pain in the ass. So people are just going to avoid traveling, which hurts the airline industry, the hotel industry, Airbnb, restaurants around the world. And it's a trickle down effect. So that's what's happening now. That's what I'm noticing. And it might help actually tourism in the United States because we wanted to go to see the pyramids in Egypt was been a lifelong dream. And I just didn't want to get quarantined in Cairo. <laughs> I would not either. So I, uh, because it's a culture I don't know as well. And so I did look up the crime just quite interestingly. I Googled crime in Egypt and Google said back to me, you live in Los Angeles. Shut up. <laughs> That's what Google You're dealing back with to smash me. and grab. <laughs> Shut up. We don't have smash and grab in Egypt. I just don't think at the Louis Vuitton no. and Nordstrom in Egypt no. on Cairo Avenue that there's 
60 cars pulling up and smashing yes. and grabbing and taking everything and you know, I, you're right to the desert. I think of we uh, we think of that Arab Spring that happened all those years ago and they had an uprising in Egypt, etc. But it's very calm there now and the crime is almost non-existent compared to where I live here in the United States of America. So it was uh, quite the interesting Google when I took a look at the difference in statistics between as I was judging their country and worrying about going there. I got married September 4th, 1999, and it's 2021. And, you know, my wife and I have been together a long time now, and we don't really talk about exes. You know, the ex-girlfriends I have were so long ago. Right. They don't come up. And I've never asked my wife about our college friends or she dated in college. It really never comes up. And I think that's great for a healthy marriage. (laughs) (laughs) So can you explain to me, because I don't go to therapy, why I'm so fascinated that J-Lo took Ben Affleck and sat on the Laker bench last night. She literally sat on the bench, the last Laker in a (laughs) warm up suit. She was next. Then Ben Affleck, because the Celtics were playing the Lakers. Trevor Ariza had to sit on the floor. (laughs) And, And Affleck had his hands all over J Lo, all over J Lo, and he's whispering in her ear, and she looked great. She, I mean, she looked yeah, phenomenal, she's right? Incredible. She's sitting in the front row of a Laker game. You know, she had hair and makeup that day and it was great. And I felt I said on the air, I said a year ago at the exact same time to the month, A-Rod was sitting in that seat. Alex <laughs> Rodriguez, one of the most egotistical blowhards in the history of uh, of America. And it didn't bother Ben Affleck. It would bother me. And just like a Kardashian after Kanye West, if you look at the the individuals that Kim dated before Kanye, it goes back to Chris Humphreys and Miles Austin and Reggie Bush and Nick Cannon and Nick Lachey. And you can go all the way back to Ray J and the sex tape and all of that. And I just I'm, I'm fascinated why the new boyfriend, even though the girl's gorgeous or the new boyfriend and the girl thinks the same thing. Why do you want to know? in detail that your ex was just sitting in the same seat and having sex in a relationship with this flamboyant star like A-Rod or anyone else, that doesn't bring an uncomfortable sense to these couples when they're at a Laker game? Well, there's two parts. It's a two-part answer. One of them is I think people will be fascinated to know that off the top of your head, you could just name all the people that Kardashians date. (laughs) Well, I haven't even gotten to Courtney yet. I haven't even gotten to Courtney yet with Travis Barker. We'll go backwards with her, with Scott Disick and all the way down the line. That's another. I'm saving that for a future podcast in the 200s. I still think the answer is still within your wheelhouse for you to grasp for this reason. And you're thinking of it as the old fashioned way that we grew up, that you didn't want to know who your girlfriend was dating before you. And in your case, your wife, et cetera. And you were just fine with that. However, you're also a person that makes friends and keeps friends. And, you know, and when you are dating someone or married to someone, they're also your best friend. And that's what happened is Ben and JLo dated back in the day and then they broke up, but they stayed friends or people get married and they get divorced, but they stay friends, sometimes for the sake of children, sometimes for the sake of nostalgia and romance. They stay friends. They're good breaker uppers. And I think you can relate to that concept because you make friends and keep friends. So if you think of it in terms of friendship rather than romance in the larger sense, 
I think JT the Brick can absolutely grasp that because you don't think of friends as accessories like rims on a car. You think of them as necessities. So but I the think jealousy has to waver. If your ex uh, had had an ex-boyfriend or girlfriend 20 years ago and you have a problem with that, it, then then you're just bizarre and you're insecure. Yes, but if exactly. You're, if you're, if you're weak. Ben yeah. Affleck and you've been in and out of rehab and you know that A-Rod was in that same seat in that same bedroom less than a year ago, maybe six months ago. There's got to be a point where that comes up. There's got to be a point when you're alone, when you say you look down at an old Vanity Fair, you look at an old TV show and you see that the woman you're with and your partner just had 11 boyfriends before you over a nine year period. And that's never that's not a problem. I mean, people can really move uh, on from that. I yeah, because their egos are bulletproof a lot of times yes, be, because know. yeah, because the, the hubris, the ego, the 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 uh, arrogance is, is, is part of my theory about I always have the saying uh, arrogance is beautiful. Arrogance is thought of as a pejorative and usually many times used incorrectly as a pejorative in our uh, in our lexicon. However, it takes an arrogant man to say, I can write an Academy Award winning screenplay. I can be a movie star. I can date J-Lo. I can ask her out. J-Lo will date me if I say, if I ask her out. That takes a guy with such an enormous ego, a sense of hubris and arrogance that all of what we're talking about is, is small stuff to him, small potatoes. I would assume that uh, if there's a guy that has an ex-wife and the ex-wife gets remarried, a lot of exes don't like each other. There's bad <sighs> yep. blood. There's financial issues. Yep. So they're able to move on. Hey, you remarried. Thank God you remarried. I don't have to talk to you anymore. I don't have to <laughs> yes, yes. I don't have to do that. And then you can move on. But when it comes to boyfriends and girlfriends who sit in the same lake or seat, I'm just looking up at Ben Affleck. He was so happy and so smitten and so in love. And I mean, there could have been a guy like three rows behind who could have said, hey, Ben, A-Rod was in that seat eight months ago. Same seat. And you're right. I don't think Ben Affleck would have cared. Ben, ben would have said, yeah. great, great player. That's what Ben would have said. He's a sports fan. Well, you're also singing into my, one of my favorite uh, lines, which is there's no fine line between love and hate. They are antonyms. Whoever was the first person to say there's a fine line between love and hate was just trying to justify their own bad behavior. We I've looked this up. We learn antonyms in first grade. So we know we are full of shit when we say there's a fine line between love and hate. We absolutely know they are antonyms. And it's just a meaningless fictional cliche that someone first spouted to try to justify their own bad behavior. But that that. That's just a fictional cliche. They are uh, they are not antonyms. And so people um, people still love each other sometimes after they break up because they were each other's best friend for quite a while. And with Christmas in the air, you know, Ben's probably thinking of getting J-Lo some diamonds. But if he's smart, he'll get some Lightbox diamonds. Using cutting-edge technology and innovative techniques, they've cracked the science of sparkle, creating the highest-quality lab-grown diamonds you can find at a really light price, $800 per carat. They have the same chemical makeup of natural diamonds, but they're grown in a lab. Because of the process, they can create stones in blush pink and beautiful blue and, of course, classical white. The women... 
love the classical white, or maybe the man in your life will love a classical white diamond. Lightbox lab-grown diamonds are the gift they'll never want to take off, and priced so they won't have to. They really do make a great outfit sparkle. Visit lightboxjewelry.com. Add sparkle to your holiday shopping. Lightboxjewelry.com. Lightbox Diamond. Never a dull moment. Did I sound over dramatic there? Never a dull moment. Now back to our regularly scheduled podcast. Where were we? Tom Brady is the 2021 Sports Illustrated Uh. Sportsman of the Year. And I had fun because I reminded all of our Patriot listeners that Uh that's a great stocking stuffer for Patriot fans because Patriot fans don't want to break up with Tom Brady. They don't want to break up with Tommy. See, they have it perfectly now. The Patriots beat the Buffalo Bills in an epic game on Monday Night Football where Mac Jones was two of three for 19 yards. <laughs> Let me repeat it. And the reason I, I'll never forget that number the rest of my life, oh two my of God. three for 19 yards because with six minutes to go in the third quarter, he was one of two. He was one of two in the third quarter. So I was watching that and going, oh, my God, he's got to end up six of 10. He's got to end up 11 of 15. And he ended up two of three, and they won the game. And it crushed the hopes of the Buffalo Bills, who I picked to win the Super Bowl on this podcast, going 14 and three, easily winning the AFC home field advantage going through Elmira, New York, on the way to Buffalo and Orchard Park. And now it looks like this day, there's a chance, Tom, they could miss the wild card. How screwed up would that be for Buffalo fans? It's what Buffalo fans are used to. The, the 90s were a complete anomaly. The Buffalo Bills have turned right back into the Buffalo Bills. And the New England Patriots are tiptoeing through the tulips once again in the AFC East without Tom Brady. I really enjoyed the Monday Night Football game with the exception of the outcome because I did feel like we were going back in time into the hot tub time machine long before we were born. And there was big band music playing in the background and we were watching 1945 football. Because in 1945, they threw the ball three times a game, not in, not in 2021. So that was kind of interesting because it was an old-fashioned football game. I am surprised. that It wasn't snowing. It wasn't sleeting. It wasn't raining. It was wind. It was not one of the top 50. <laughs> NFL Network said it was not one of the top 50 worst games ever played weather-wise. Think of that. So it wasn't the oh, top right. goal, and it wasn't the cold game when Tom Coughlin's you know, skin was blistering or the snowblower game back in the, the day Snowblower game or red ride 88 <laughs> where Mike Davis intercepted <sighs> Brian Sype. It wasn't one of those Cincinnati Dan Fouts charger games. It wasn't. And Belichick decided that we're going to run the ball. And that's the sad part for Buffalo. Buffalo realized early that they were going to run it the entire game and that Mac Jones wasn't going to pass it. And they still, they still stop it. That's and what's that's amazing, concerning. too, because, okay, you didn't prepare for that. You did not prepare for that. But you didn't prepare how to play tackle football, <laughs> which is, what you know, in, in, at least at Pop Warner and in high school, that's all you do is run the ball. And they're passing more now because how the game has evolved and there's an amazing high school quarterbacks out there throwing the ball all over the place. However, it really, when, it, when you decided that uh, you definitely knew he wasn't going to, pass the ball anymore you couldn't play tackle football anymore that's a brilliant that was surprising that's a brilliant point they couldn't stop in a way belichick made it clear early in the game that they were never 
And I mean, never going to throw the ball. So Sean McDermott and his coaches have to say, all right, let's just stack the box. All they're going to do is run. Let's stack the box. And they couldn't even stop them there. And that's very concerning for Buffalo going forward. But back to my Tom Brady point is that the Patriots love the pa- Patriot fans, love the Patriots. They, and they were supposed to be on at least a two or three year rebuild. At least exactly. Belichick went into the offseason, brought in a whole bunch of free agents, which isn't common for him. Then they brought in, you know, Nelson Aguilar. They brought in defensive players. Guys came back who sat out the year before for COVID. And every, it's the perfect storm. And they're not even asking Mac Jones to do much. If Mac Jones was turning out to be Patrick Mahomes when he had his first chance to play and he just, or Lamar Jackson hit the ground and wow, they're superstars. That's not even the case. And they're the number one seed as we host this podcast in the AFC. I'm more surprised that Buffalo might not make the playoffs than I am that the Patriots are in the playoffs. But Tom, I'm really shocked that they're the number one seed heading into week 14. Being surprised that the Buffalo Bills don't make the playoffs. Uh, come on. Uh, that's yes. uh, as, as I always say, when we have our, our show in late August, early September, where we have our Super Bowl picks, uh, I, I always take a look at if you go through each division and just go by franchise stability, you'll do pretty well picking, picking who's going to win each division, who might go to the playoffs and who might go to the Super Bowl. You, you, know, you stay away from the Buffalo Bills has always been my advice. Stay away from the Chargers, even though they might look sexy and have a good quarterback and have a lot of talent. Stay away from the Cleveland Browns, even though they might have a stacked roster because they're the Cleveland Browns they're the Buffalo Bills and they're the Chargers. So, uh, yes, just stay away from the Buffalo Bills when it comes to picking postseason. Just enjoy the football. If you're a Buffalo fan, life, the team of my youth, I, I enjoy the football games. I get excited for their wins, but low the power of low expectations when it comes to your teams. If your franchise has been in disarray your entire life. So New England wins that game and then they get the stocking stuffer. All moms in New England and Connecticut and Boston uh, go out and buy their kids. The Tom Brady sportsman of the year with a Buccaneers helmet on. Because Patriot fans now have the perfect life as a fan. Their team has been a dynasty. Their team's supposed to rebuild. It's not. They're in first place. And then their all-time favorite player is having an MVP year. So they don't have to sit there and make a big decision. They could tell you that they love New England, but they have a 1-1A team. This is fact, not fiction. I'm an expert on this topic. So don't tell me because I talk to New England fans for a living. They love Brady. They still love Brady. If New England was rebuilding, they'd be on the bandwagon with Tampa saying, I don't root for Tampa, Tom, but I'd like to see Brady win. Well, that means you're rooting for Brady and you're rooting for Tampa. Tom Brady's the quarterback of Tampa. He's going to be the MVP. You want him to do well, which means you want Tampa to do well. And Brady's sitting here. And he's going to easily win the MVP. What does he do? Throw four touchdowns a game. Every time I look at the stats, it's four touchdowns a game. It's a tight ends. He's Alex Smith is really what he is. Remember how they would they would set up the Alex Smith offense to make it easy. They have three outstanding tight ends in Tampa Bay. He checks down to the tight end. He's got really propped up Alex Smith numbers throwing to tight ends and everyone's hollering bravo at Tom Brady. And you can I cannot talk about Tom Brady objectively and it really sucks cuz of how much I love football. I'm completely joyless when it comes to Tom Brady and his success. One of the reasons was the cheating that everyone overlooks and how poorly. By the way, how 
poorly. He handled all those, uh, uh, handled the media during those times when Deflategate, et cetera. Okay, no matter what you think of Deflategate, what do you think of Tommy's performance? I don't know anything about anything uh, with the media about that. The, the uh, you know, he refused his subpoena to Congress. <laughs> It came to to that. It's the equivalent of that. The way he acted. So I, I, uh, I, I've always had a problem with New England Patriots shenanigans and style over the year and cut, shaving the corners off the rules. One fun thing, though, two fun things that could happen here. First of all, you're the son of a man that uh, cheers for New York first and focuses and obsesses. Uh, assesses on Boston second. Yep. So that's when you say this is in your wheelhouse. Yeah, it is in your wheelhouse because you cheer for New York first and you focus and obsess. It's in your DNA on Boston second. So uh, it is in your wheelhouse. Tampa Bay, New England Super Bowl. What I would look forward to there is Belichick ruining it all for Tommy and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers because as he proved on Monday night, and the cold and the wind and the muck and the mire in Buffalo. He can do that as a coach. Well, the problem I have with New England still getting to the Super Bowl, they have to win the AFC. And as of now, I think the quarterbacks that are definitely going to be in the playoffs are all much better than Mac Jones, even though Mac Jones is playing at a high level. So if you have Mahomes, Lamar Jackson, Justin Herbert, Joe Burrow, Depending on who you have in the AFC, Josh Allen, I'm still sticking with the Bills. You see what they did to Josh Allen, that I defense? Did. And, I and, did. And, that, was a, yeah. that was a throw-out statistic because of the weather. Okay. I don't right. think that the Super Bowl is going to be played at, right down the block from you in L.A. <laughs> right. He's yeah. going to have to throw the ball at some point in time. He's going to have to lead a team. Mac Jones is going to be trailing like by 14, the way Mahomes could trail by 21 and win a playoff game. Yeah, I think eventually that'll catch up to him. But the coaching job by Belichick – is one of the greatest of his career. The game plan against Buffalo, even though that game wasn't that important, it wasn't a playoff game or a Super right. Bowl, was a Mount Rushmore game plan by Belichick. He went all in with his chips. He said, we're going to try something. It's really unique and bizarre. We're not going to let our quarterback throw. We're going to play defense. We're going to run on him, and we're not going to stop running on him, and he won the game. If he stayed in the game and lost the game, it still would have been a good game plan, but he won the game, and it could be crippling for Buffalo, but back to your quarterback rating. If you look, we're going into week 14. I think Steph- yeah, I have my eye on it because I wanted to see who Mac Jones had a better, but Mac Jones is a better quarterback rating than Patrick Holmes, by the way, but go ahead with your True, point. Because Steph Curry should win the MVP in the NBA already. And we're not even a quarter of the way through the season. We're week right. 14 of the NFL and Brady. This would be remarkable. It'd be remarkable if LeBron won another MVP at his age and Brady's a lot older than LeBron. Can you fucking believe that Tom Brady's going to win the MVP of this league? He's going to deserve it. It, it is amazing. And like, like I said, I wish I wasn't so joyless about it. It's, I, mean, I feel like you know, I'm the same way with Star Wars. I'm, I'm joyless about Star Wars. I've never gone to see a Star Wars movie. I don't. It doesn't. And I love movies, as you know. Love movies. And the uh, have respect for anybody who can get any movie up on a screen and made. I have respect the Star Wars franchise and what they've done. And I'm just not into it, and I wish I was. Same thing with Tom Brady. I'm just not into him, and I wish I was. But when you take a look at the quarterback rating, now Kyler Murray's missed a few games, but he's still at number one. Kirk Cousins up there. Uh, Kirk Cousins and Matthew Stafford tied at number two. And, and usual suspects, Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady, 
rounding out the top five. That's amazing that we may be living through the glory days of quarterbacks. There's just so many good ones. And that Tom Brady is in the top five, not making the mistakes, you know, checking down to the tight ends. But there's something to be said for that. As I, as I mock that, you still have to complete the pass to the tight end every single time and put the ball in the right place. So I'm picking on the guy for, uh, for checking down to the tight end. But, you know, when you can't check down to the tight end, you don't play in the NFL. You've you got to be able to do it. And he's able to do it every time. And you have to be able to know that the tight end's open. So it's amazing what he's doing, but I'm not happy about it. Yeah, he's thrown for 3,771 yards. That's number one in the league through 12 games played. And he's got a completion percentage at 68.3, which is very high. And a lot of that has to do with the check down as you're talking about it. Brady is right there uh, near the top of the list, but you know, it's about winning who wins in the postseason. And Mahomes is on this big winning streak playing terribly, by the way, in four of the five games, if you take out the Raider game in Vegas, (sighs) we had 127 rating. He's got, a bunch of ratings in the mid seventies and one in the fifties and he's winning. So Mahomes is playing so poorly, but he's winning games and they weren't winning in the early. Remember how bad they were early on in the season. So now they're starting to eke out wins, but I don't believe in the Kansas city chiefs at all. Well, Mac Jones won a game and he has the number one seed. The number one seed in the AFC is with a quarterback who was two or three for 19 yards, (laughs) a quarterback who doesn't throw much. The number four seeds, Kansas city, at eight and four, Mahomes is having his worst year as a pro. Uh, Baltimore's coming off a game where Lamar had a whole bunch of interceptions. Oh, God, he's playing. And the number bad, two man. seed is the Tennessee Titans with Ryan Tannehill, who you never know what you're going to get from him. The Chargers are the team in the AFC that every time they win a game, they win a game like they did at Cincinnati, and they have the Giants at home this week. You go, oh, they're going to beat the Giants. They just beat Cincinnati. No, not necessarily. The <laughs> right. And they can come back to the pack there. And then you have the Bengals and Buffalo as the seventh seed. If the playoffs started as you downloaded this podcast, Buffalo would be the seventh seed, and the seventh seed in the NFC would be the 49ers. And Washington, who I just saw beat the Raiders with Taylor Heineke outplaying Derek Carr right in front of me, pissing me off, off as I almost threw a beer across the club section where my tickets cost more than a mortgage. And I paid to see Taylor Heineke beat Derek Carr and Washington looks really good. Washington, Washington and the NFC, the Indianapolis Colts and the AFC are both looking like teams that could, that could win out. That's just the way they're playing right now. Teams that are getting hot at the right times. And, you know, so remember that I said that in terms of keeping your eye out for, I'm surprised this is going to come out of my mouth, but keeping your eye out for the Indianapolis Colts because the Indianapolis Colts went out and they're, they're playing right now that they can beat anybody like, and they're going to play this Saturday. Remember when you were a boy JT and you go back in the hot tub time machine and then you get into December and college football was pretty much uh, they'd, they'd take the time off or maybe there'd be an army navy game or something on a saturday and then you'd have nfl on a saturday which is always fun in december and this saturday we get to see how good the colts really are as i shoot off my big mouth because the colts are hosting the patriots saturday night i'll stick with my super bowl pick i'll go buffalo okay. green bay <sighs> Uh, Buffalo, I think, could win in the playoffs as a wild card. They just got to get in. I just need Buffalo Buffalo to get in because I don't think home field's going to matter much. They can win anywhere. 
uh, you like to think about changing your pick. As of tonight, who would you change? Who would you have in your Super Bowl? Well, I will stay away from my NFC pick because I don't want to talk about it because I'll sound foolish, which was the Saints. And Jameis Winston, by the way, had an amazing quarterback. Well. They were playing well until yes. they hurt. Oh, they my God. Really well. <clears throat> but I did have the Baltimore Ravens. And the AFC, and I'll stick with that because as we also get into bad weather, you know, Lamar Jackson, you don't know which direction he's running in, and when it's slippery, he knows where he's going and you don't. And Lamar Jackson had has had a down November, early December, but that doesn't, you know, again, these quarterbacks who are so incredibly talented like Derek Carr and Lamar Jackson, they're going to earn the nickname Mr. September if they don't start playing better in December. Uh, they're both great quarterbacks to watch in September. We want to see you boys play better in November, December. And I would really like to see that out of Lamar Jackson because, as you know, he is my favorite football player. When he's playing well, I can't stop looking. I, he's just my favorite football player in general to watch right now in the NFL. And when I say that, too, I'm you know, we don't need to get into the best football player of all time debate because, you know, it drives me crazy with the Jerry Rice thing because I like great football players. Lamar Jackson can play lots of different positions on offense or defense. He could have been a star in the NFL, even if some college or high school high school coach had put him in a different position. He could be a star at whatever position that is. And that's how I judge a great football player. And I love watching him play. Wow, you listened to all 40 minutes and 40 seconds of the JT and Looney podcast. You didn't have to love us, but you did, but you did, but you did. And we thank you, to quote ZZ Top. JT and Looney podcast powered by Bet Online. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.